Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to In Living Color Abroad, and I'm your host, Angel Rodriguez. And on this episode, you'll be listening to Ziabo, who is living abroad in Turkey. Now, Ziabo is from Zambia, which is a country in Africa. And on this episode, she discusses the differences between living at home in Zambia and Turkey, what it's like to be black while in Turkey, and what she has learned in the past four years of living abroad. I think she might have the most years out of any guests that I've had on the, on the show uh, living abroad. So that's definitely very interesting to hear that, where she went from year one to now year four. A uh, little disclaimer, while we recorded this episode, a huge rainstorm passed by here in Costa Rica, and that unfortunately came through in the audio. So hopefully that doesn't lessen your listening experience. But yeah, hope you enjoy. This is A Living Color Abroad. Welcome to In Living Color Abroad. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing as well? Pretty good, pretty good. So let's get right to it, Z. Uh, please tell our listeners a little bit okay. about yourself. Okay, so my name is Ziabo Wiziani Mohango. I'm from Zambia and I'm currently living in Turkey where I'm studying architecture in my third year. I started the blog recently and I read about my experiences abroad. Yeah, it's been an interesting experience thus far. Okay, and, and why are you in Turkey? Okay, so what happened was my initial plan wasn't to end up in Turkey. I really didn't even know much about the, the country before I, you know, like actually came here. I was just looking forward to traveling somewhere new and different, and my targets were Europe or America, mainly, but then I saw an ad on studying in Turkey, and I was like, whoa, just apply to this as well to increase my chances and yeah apparently I I got selected to study something I really wanted to do and I thought why not and that's how I ended up in Turkey awesome man and what are you studying again architecture now in my third year yeah I graduate next year oh congratulations that's amazing all right and so you're the first person that I've spoken to that I know of that is from Zambia so for our listeners that don't know anything about Zambia, like me, what would you tell, what would you tell people about Zambia when you had, if you had to explain Zambia in a few sentences, what would you say? I would first start with asking if they've heard of the Victoria Falls. I think that's like... Ah, I have heard of Victoria Falls. Of I have heard of it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's our point and position. Well, we share it in Zimbabwe, and sometimes people confuse the two, but uh, Zambia is located in southern Africa. It's got eight neighbors. It's a landlocked country. I had also never seen the sea, and that's why I picked Turkey. Yeah, fun fact. <laughs> but it's full of <laughs> culture and like wildlife. The safari there is one of the best. Yeah, and it's just very bright and vibrant it's really different from from turkey it's like on all levels but it's just it's very authentic it's it's true self there's kind of um i wouldn't say a struggle per se but then there's a balance between the the traditional authentic african lifestyle and you know they i think the westernized one because we've had outside influences as well Mm -hmm. yeah but if you want to travel 
see animals and enjoy a beautiful scene, party, <laughs> um, <laughs> shop and dress all out, then yeah, that's somewhere you'd want to go. Awesome. So I was just going to ask you about that. And for our listeners that are tuning in, I called Z half an hour ago, but it's uh, Turkey is a, is a Muslim country and they were doing the prayer for Ramadan. Yeah. And so there was a really loud echo in the background of the prayers that were happening. <laughs> so yeah, how has that transition been for you? Uh, what's the, what's the, what is the prominent religion in Zambia? Okay, so I would say 98% is Christian. Yeah. Well, I feel like every year the number is changing, to be honest. So I'm not quite <laughs> sure what the exact percentage is, but Zambia is considered a Christian nation. Okay, so yeah. mostly, mostly so, Christian. And, yeah, and what has that transition been for you coming growing up in a predominantly Christian society in Zambia and now going to a predominantly Muslim country? Okay, so initially I took, I think I was in junior high, we had this compulsory class about like religion and stuff, but it wasn't really that deep into religion. We just had basic topics and then we just compared how you know, the different religions viewed the topic at hand so I had a few ideas but not so much and so when I first came I didn't even know that Turkey was a Muslim country and I was very shocked when I first came it's like the calling um, for prayer as well the first time I heard that I was like wait what's happening I was so confused <laughs> because I never heard anything so loud in my life before and it would happen in the end and I would forget about it and then it would happen again in some hours and stuff so it took me a lot to like get used to it and everything and just seeing their culture and like how people dress like hijabs or like turbans and stuff I mean I had seen those within like the Christian community but then it's just really more like a fashion thing as compared to like something religious so that was something that was new to me also that I learned about so yeah it was like very different and I was different to like everyone as well yeah because I was like Christian they were like oh my god I've heard this about Christians and yeah so I was like kind mm. of I got so many questions yeah because of that <laughs> very interesting so you've been there three years correct um actually Heading towards my fourth, it's going to be my fourth year in November. Okay. I, uh, sorry, not November, it's September. Yeah. And, uh, in September of 2016. And what do you feel that you've learned? Because I'm here in Costa Rica and I've only been here nine months, but I, I feel like I've learned a lot within that, that nine months. But how would you how would you yeah. say you have changed from year one living in Turkey to now year four, coming on year four? Oh, wow. Okay, so... Prior to coming, I thought I was very open-minded and, like, open to new cultures and new things like that. And to, like, I mean, things happen, and I wouldn't say I wasn't quite open to them, but I just maybe perceived them or reacted in a way that even surprised me myself. Because I was like, oh, man, that's so strange for me. That's for, you know, I don't like this, or I don't agree with this, and stuff like that. But then it was also good because... It challenged me and, like, opened me up into, like, really analyzing what I thought I believed, you know, what I knew, mm. seeing how other people, like, lived life or how they did things and stuff like that. And there's certain things about the Turkish culture, for instance, where Turks are very, they're, like, pretty open people and, like, they're very um, intimate, I would say. They love to, like, hug and kiss when they meet and things like that. And where I'm from, it's not something you do often really like 
hardly ever. <laughs> it's <laughs> only something you do after you see someone after a long time or if you're maybe in a relationship with someone then that's something that you mm-hmm. do often but then like here it's just you know I'll go to class every day and I'll see the same people every day and like my friends will still hug me every day while we're saying hi and while we're saying bye <laughs> and stuff like that so it's just like small things like that that for me at the beginning were difficult but then I just opened up to and I like that and I feel like even with my relations towards like my friends and families back home I still kind of have that I guess that sentiment that like intimacy with them also and do, and they, do they look at you weirdly yeah, like what, what are you yeah. doing why are you hugging me so much <laughs> <laughs> I will actually I haven't been home since I oh you haven't been home since I haven't to hug them no I haven't wow do you miss home yeah I do I really do I mean when I, at first, I was, I'm actually used to being away from home because um, with our education system, we have, we have day schools and then we have boarding schools. So I spent five years in a boarding school and I left when I was like 13, yeah, or heading towards 13 and lived away from my family for three months and I only saw them like once for a month and then went back to school so that's just that that was how our system worked it's like three months of school or work one month for your holiday and then another three months and then a month and then three months and a month so i got used to being away and then coming here wasn't that much difficult because i had yeah already been used to like being away from them for a long time yeah except four years has been a stretch yeah yeah that's uh, i mean i've i saw my parents uh my family back in december and I'm dying to go back to see them. Like I've been, it's already been five months, and you've been four years. So you have you have a strong you have a strong heart, stronger than. <laughs> um, Sometimes people are like, "Don't you miss home?" Like it, it's crazy when Turks, and it's weird because Turks aren't like this at all. They love, they're really big on family and like living super close to family. I mean, I know people who whose families had to move to a different city because their kid was going to uni there like that's crazy my family would never do that to me. <laughs> they sent me miles away so that's just <laughs> wow and yeah got it got it and are there a lot of africans in turkey yeah there's actually quite a few africans a fair share of them mainly come as students but then compared to other countries there aren't so many african students coming and i think only in the recent years has it now been popular because I've heard of like I know some people that have spent like seven to eight years here in Turkey and they said when they first came they were like literally the only like black person and then considering the kind of city I mean also it's not I mean it's the it's one of the biggest cities but then it's not a touristic um, destination and stuff and so what is the city what is it called so used to say it's called Adana okay yeah Adana yeah. So it's not, it wasn't popular for people to see someone of color or just anyone foreign at the time. And they experienced things like, you know, people just stopping to like stare. And I think it's just there now, but then it was just worse then. So I'll say over the years, the number has increased. I mean, some people are coming here to like work. And I know people who just came here to like volunteer for certain programs and stuff like that. But most people are here to study. Yeah. Got it. And so you just mentioned the whole thing about, you know, a few years ago being that there weren't many people of color, many black people, uh, you know, 
going to Turkey. So how would you describe, yeah. like, when you first arrived, um, how would you describe, did you feel like a fish out of water? Did you, did you see no other black people around uh, that looked like you? Or how did you feel? Okay, so when I first arrived, it had been a really long flight because I was connected. At the time, we didn't have direct flights from Zambia to Istanbul in Turkey. Mm-hmm. So I had to connect, and then when I got to the airport, I really didn't notice what was happening until I got to my city. And then I was almost always the only black person wherever I went, and it didn't matter whether it was a small store or I was out in the city center and stuff like that. There were hardly any others until with time I started to like realize that there were more. But it was very difficult because that was something I wasn't used to at all. I mean. For some time, I wasn't comfortable with going out unless I really, really had to go out because I, was, I wasn't I was sure what was going to happen. And not understanding the language also didn't help because I wasn't really sure what was happening. Like, I would have people, like, stare and say certain things and I wouldn't know whether it was good or it was bad. So, mm. yeah, it was pretty hard at the beginning, yeah. And and would you describe it as it being that they're just uncomfortable, like they weren't used to seeing black people? Or you describe it as, you know, racism or microaggressions towards you? How would you describe it? So I wouldn't entirely say it was racism. I don't think so. I feel like sometimes Turks are like racist but aren't aware that they're being racist. Mm-hmm. So like <laughs> an ignorant racist. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like that's just a perfect like thing for it because on most like in most occasions what would happen was you know, they they say they love black people a lot and stuff and there's a certain degree to which that bothers me. And I think I'm I'm still trying to understand this as an an individual why am I so bothered when they say that? Because I figured like the different groups of their responses are you have the kind that just pity you and feel like oh my god this person is you know so like low and like broken and weak and they need help and stuff like that and then there's a group that's just like obsessed with black people I mean like they can go on and on and on <laughs> about you being black or like things that don't even have to do with race yeah, yeah, like yeah. oh yeah people or like black people or things mm. like that and then there's just the kind that just assumes like the worst also, I mean I've been asked if I live in a house or if I lived in a house I've been asked if I had clothes before I moved to wow. Turkey I've been asked if I own any elephants or like lions in our backyard or like I've been asked wow. how many really? And do you feel like those experiences have made you stronger or like do you feel more, do you feel that you want to be more shut off to the world because of these experiences? Okay, so at the beginning I would probably say just 
made me want to like shut down because like I said I didn't want to go out if mm-hmm. I didn't have to and things like that but then that just didn't work well for me because I wasn't that kind of person to just like stay and not do anything like, mm-hmm. just be indoors and like not go out and stuff like that so you can imagine how hard this time is for me but I'm working through it yeah but now I would say it's just through the years I got to start to take pride in who I was actually and like in a certain way they helped me see that because I feel sometimes as black people we don't give ourselves enough love or support in ourselves and in some ways they've they've helped me see that about myself or see that in myself and stuff like that so it's just it's really like built with me getting a better understanding of who I am, where I'm from, when where I'm trying to be, and just appreciating myself much more. So yeah, I'd say over it's like worked for the better. Like being different sometimes is good because then it's like okay, it's just me in this thing. I I'm not like everyone else around me, and then why? What makes me who I am and stuff? So. Wow, that's really powerful. So like those experiences have been tough. Have made you find out more about yourself and more in tune of who you are as a person. That's really, that's fantastic. Um, so oh, let's switch uh, Let's switch gears a little bit. So um, okay. you say you blog, correct? Yes. So what, what got you into blogging? Were you blogging when you were in Zambia or when you came to Turkey you decided, you know what, I'm going to start blogging about my uh-huh. experience? Okay, so what first happened was I always liked to write. I mean, in English we had... Um, essay writing and compositions I mean when I was still in high school and back in Zambia and before that I could every time I had a friend who needed something written I would help them out like instantly and that was just something I did until one day a friend mentioned starting a blog together so at the time I had no idea what a blog was and <laughs> I was like yeah we can do that <laughs> so I, I, I went back home and researched <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, I gave her the right answer. <laughs> and then for some reason, we didn't get on to like starting our blog. And I left Zambia. She went to India. And when I was here, so my first year was very like difficult and the whole transitioning and stuff like that. And I just needed something to do to just make me happy, I would say. Yeah, because I wasn't happy like being here at the time. And I decided to travel. I figured, well, that's going to be something new and different. I mean, I'll see places I haven't seen before. And so I started doing that, and I just got ho- like hooked onto doing it. And I figured, well, let me do more of the things that I love, or things that just come naturally to me. And like writing was one of them. So I figured, well, I could write for other people. I could write for myself as well. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got into like writing a blog. And yeah, now I write about my experiences here and experiences living as an expert in Turkey and I would hope for it to be something I'll keep doing and even like merge with what I'm studying in uni. Um, I'm trying to get into architectural journalism and writing and I'm starting an internship. Actually, this is my first week. Mm, so that's, yeah, that's, thanks. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's how it's been. That's been my blogging experience. And do you feel like the blogging has helped you tremendously as well as far as like kind of like that inner dialogue that, you, that you're having about your experiences? Has that helped you as well? I think it has. Yeah, it's been a great way for me to express myself. 
I just, well, I would say I think I feel more than the people around. I think I just prefer to express myself more than my circle in general. <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes it's like, now I want to say things and like express it and they might not necessarily, you know, like maybe relate on it or like respond to it. And writing is just one way that I've been able to just do it and just put it out there. And I'm just like, well, I said it kind of. And yeah, it, it, it's really helped me really. I feel like I'm having a conversation with someone when I write and I really like that. That yeah, is such a, awesome. that is such a great thing to you say that. Cause I, I don't have a blog, but I journal. And uh, when I journal oh, okay. and the way that I write, I write, I, uh-huh. I, I don't write like dear journal. I don't do that, but I kind of write in a, yeah. in a, in a fashion that I'm speaking to someone, even though no one else is seeing yeah. this, like with well, your blog, someone is reading that, right? I'm assuming, but I'm only, I'm the only one reading my journal, but I'm writing in a way as if I'm speaking yeah. to someone else, which I think helps with exactly, the, yeah. helps a lot with, um, internalizing like those conversations that you have with yourself and realizing what it is, you know? So I think that's a very powerful way of writing anyone listening whether you're going to do a blog yeah. or just keep a journal it's a, it's really intentional and it's really powerful when you look back at those entries to see where you were yeah. what state of mind were you in you know in that time frame but yeah yeah exactly um so all right it's so now that, sometimes it's even embarrassing oh yeah that is true that is very <laughs> it can be very embarrassing as well very good yeah, point like, oh my god but then yeah you see the exactly exactly and that's the other thing about it too right is that you see the growth like and you see things let's say you wrote about let's say you you might i can't wait to go to turkey i can't wait to finish uh Uh my studying and then you're doing it so you're literally seeing you growing up through these through these words which i think is a very powerful thing for people to see um so let's talk about turkey i know nothing about turkey um (laughs) so what would be what's one location in turkey that you think everyone should go see? That's a very hard question to ask. <laughs> That's why I asked I it. Think <laughs> <Turkey> has... <laughs> well, I do like a challenge. <laughs> I think Turkey has everything for every kind of person. Really, if you're like into food and you're obsessed with eating, I feel like someone could live here for like 10 years and still had not tasted every kind of Turkish food there is because there's just that much and there's so much history also I mean I never liked history class but (laughs) I love the SRI things now I just love being able to like go and see historical places because there's so many so many places and it's just like filled with them it's like amazing honestly and it's also a very fun place like I mean, I wouldn't say as fun as Zambia, but it's, it's funny. <laughs> Nothing as fun as home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if I had to pick a place that has everything, or oh, it also has like really good beaches and just a great mm. scenery and stuff like that, I'd say Istanbul is one to see because it has all those in one. I mean, you find the history there. It's, it's bustling with like everything you'll find everything there you have like the cuisine and you have that rush I mean most people wouldn't really want to live there because of that I would want to live there because of the rush and just mm. everything so Got it's it. a great place to see but um, if someone has a longer time to stay I wouldn't advise just seeing Istanbul because the, the, the actual places that have like the authentic thing itself I mean Istanbul just like incorporates 
some of like everything from other places but then if you do actually go around you find places that are just good for like the beaches and the beaches are like to die for and the places where the history there is just like majestic and stuff so if you have the chance like just go around and see everywhere depending on what you'd like to see but Istanbul is a great place to start. What's one particular thing in Istanbul that to see? Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> I would say because there's so many. I am like trying to like take a Just big well, The I one that you will go to right place? now, if you could. What's what's the name of it? <laughs> the place I would go to right. I really like the Blue Mosque for some reason. Hagar Sophia. That place is just, I mean, the history and just how everything it, It's a mosque? One of the mosques was, a, yeah, okay. okay, it's like three huge mosques just next to each other, yeah. Okay. And then they have like a square in the middle and they're just there and they're like, they're huge and they've lived for like centuries. They're like pretty old and at some point they were, one of them was a church mm. and then like changed to a mosque. Yeah, and yeah, then the wars, right? Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Like yeah. Just, yeah, they've transitioned to everything and going through a lot and there's a great view of the city from there as well so that's nice i like that so you can feel the sense of like the history and just see how much they take pride in you know what's theirs yeah turkish people have a lot of pride in turkey and just being turkish and stuff and they've preserved most of those things so just being able to like see that is is good and also see the city i mean a lot of places have a really good view of it and yeah it's it's something nice to look at especially now with the lights and everything yeah and what is your favorite Turkish dish? Okay, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess my food, I like to eat a lot. Um, so my favorite food is one I can't quite describe actually, but it's, it's called Ichli Kofte. Okay. So Ich means inside, and then Kofte means meat. So it's kind of like, a meatball that's made and then surrounded and honestly I'm not even sure what that is but it is good I need to find out what it is I gotta look it up <laughs> yeah you should you should yeah it's just it's like more like a fried fried uh, meatball that's coated in some mixture and it's it's fried or it's spoiled and it tastes it tastes really good I love meat and I love the kebabs also Oh, my okay. city is known for its food and we have the, the famous Adana kebab. Okay. And yeah, so the meat and the kebabs are amazing as well. Nice. And your favorite Turkish phrase that you've learned through the years? <laughs> okay, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting question. <laughs> ah, okay. So there's one that I think I use a lot. And it's, it's PG, so I can say it now anyway. <laughs> the other is not so much because of my influence from my Turkish <laughs> friends. Um, and this is popular. I feel like many people, because I've seen it in like in like movies and stuff like that, like not just Turkish, like people can say it. It's called Kismet. Kismet? Yeah, it's Kismet, yeah. What does that mean? And that just, it means more like, you know, like destiny. Or, yeah, Ooh. like destiny. You just let it be. If something happens, you're just like, Kismet, like, well, that's just how it's, it's going out. Like, that, that was how it was destined to be, or that's how it just, it'll be destined to be and stuff like that. That's interesting. Yeah, we, have a, we have a similar word here in Costa Rica, matter of Pura Vida, uh-huh. which means pure life. Pura and Vida. they say it for everything. 
It could be thank you. It could be good morning. It could be in that sense, like just let it be, pura vida, just like chill, like you know, you know, it'll, it'll be all right. So yeah, so kismet, huh? Kismet. I like that. I like that. Yeah, kismet. That's cool. All right, and on a final note, Z, what's uh one thing? <laughs> what what is one thing you would say to anyone listening that is a black or brown person, a person of color? that wants uh-huh. to travel to somewhere that, like a, like a turkey. Like, what, what does turkey have to offer for the black or brown individual that we might not be familiar, familiar with? And you let's say you were like to sell turkey to us right now in a few sentences, what would you say? What would, what would I say? Well, I, I would say it's, first of all, just with this location, it's unique. Honestly, it's so hard to understand whether it's, it's, it's not, necessarily Middle Eastern, it's not really European, it's just Turkey, and mm, there's like a lot that. that it has, it's like it's a fusion of so many things, and sometimes it's, a, it's chaotic because it's a lot, but during chaos, we tend to like find ourselves somehow, like you understand so better because you have so many experiences and so many things happening on different areas and different levels that it just, it challenges you a bit or like it changes your mind or perspective or you learn new things I mean, there's certain places where you find Christians, um, Muslims, I've heard even like Buddhists and stuff, like all living together in the same community. And you just imagine the languages that are there and, you know, the different cultures and the food sharing and the bond and stuff like that. It's like you would walk down the street and just have, you know, someone offer you help, someone say hi, someone say you're welcome to our country because... They love it. They take pride in it. And people want to make you feel welcome. They don't want to make you feel like, no, this is our home. We love it. And I hope you, you get to love it as well. And that's it's that's the like, general overall experience that I've had. And it's also a beautiful city. I mean, if you, beautiful country, sorry, with so many nice cities to visit. If you love to travel, you'd have a blast because there's so much. And it's so unique, the different things that it has. And it's still true to its, you know, its culture and itself. So I feel like it's a good experience you need. that episode with Ziabo. I really did. It's always cool to learn about different uh, places around the world that I've never visited or even thought of visiting, honestly, like a place like Turkey. Seems like a beautiful place and a wonderful uh, place to visit. And I think one interesting note that she uh, mentioned was this idea of Turks, you know, Turkish people being open to and welcoming, but yet she is, is a little bit bothered sometimes by this kind of, yeah, I love black people and, you know, and they say all these kind of stereotypes of black people and they asked her does she have a lion i mean you know as like a pet or something or in it like you know certain certain things like that, that that would rub me completely the wrong way so i definitely commend her she said that she definitely learned from it and you know it, it made her you know grow stronger because of those experiences and all in all she's she's had a great time in turkey obviously she's been there four years and it's just great so yeah and check out her blog um that'll be in the show notes but yeah on next week's episode, I'm going to be interviewing Mika, who is living in South Korea. And Mika is going to describe what it's like to start a family abroad. She is married to a, to a Korean man and they have a child. So we're a baby girl. So we're going to discuss what it's like to fall in love and start a family abroad. Don't miss that episode. Um, as always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify and any of your other 
favorite streaming platforms. See you next week. This is A Living Color Abroad. Peace.